Welcome to When Will It End? It's a movie podcast. You're joining us for movie two of the Harold and Kumar series, Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. I'm Josh Landy, joined as ever by my, my companion, my compatriot, my comparator, Charles Harvey. I thought I was more for you. Friend. Compartment. Comparison. Jesus. Companion. Now just a compartment. What for, kind of for my emotions. I put my emotions in it. Yeah, compartmentalized. What was it? Was that in the movie we watched recently? We watched so many. Yeah, compartmentalized, the movie. Uh, it was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I believe, and she's like, somebody says something, and it's, he's like, no, it's not that. It's compartmentalized communication. Yeah, when he's, <gasps> when Raph accuses Leo of being a traitor, you like, you hid information from me. And then Raph, Leo says, didn't that was just compartmentalized something maybe we misjudged that whole series Fuck. maybe we should revisit it especially now that i'm a compartment now that you're a compartment to me we should sit down and really i think dig into which turtles really was we did we talk about that at all how much yeah which one's which well, which one's which yeah okay so as i remember okay you do you taught me a trick from this the l's <laughs> i'm so glad you remember bleo bleeder bloomin Yes, he's in the blue, blue man group. Okay, no, no, I got this. Uh, okay, Leo is Gryffindor, and he blew, and he got swords. Yeah. Okay, he's the leader of the group. Yeah. Okay, then we got Raph. Okay, yeah. Raph are red. Red headband him. Size, size, size. Yeah. He is very emotional and sensitive. Mm-hmm. He is a Slytherin because yeah. he's. Let's be honest, he's a Gemini. Sure. Oh, I'm a yeah. Gemini. He's a Gemini. We know what the fucking score Amy's is. Amy's a Gemini. Yeah. Yeah. Your wonderful girlfriend. Yeah, yeah my yeah. wonderful girlfriend, Amy. Right. Um, then we oh. got, okay, there's the, oh, God, there's the pizza lover. Yeah. He orange. Yep. Nunchucks. Yep. He's horny. Yeah. Is he name? as horny as uh, What's Kumar? His fucking name. Uh, Is Mikey as horny as Kumar? I think so. They're both pretty. Imagine if those guys fucking partied. Well, I think because, I mean, this is, I'm so glad we're going through the turtles on our episode about Harold and Kumar. And then Zantel's purple, he's Ravenclaw, he's like you, he's a dork, he's got glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I used to, did I ever tell you, I had glasses. You have glasses on right now? No, but like I, for years, wore taped glasses. Really? Yeah. To make like a point? No, because I was poor. That's that's honestly disgusting. And broke my glasses. Yikes. And had to tape them. Did a much wealthier, maybe portly child throw you into the dirt and say... You dropped your glasses, Hobby. Yeah, he called me Hobby. Did he say, I shan't be eating more of your French fries, not since your people failed to support the glorious war in Iraq? No, we did not. It wasn't about the war in Iraq? No, I think I just fell over. Because France did not join the coalition. Oh, God, no. Good job, France. One of the few things France has done, Freedom Fries. They killed all those Yemeni people. Yeah, I know. That's why I said one of the few. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, I'm glad we went through those turtles, uh, because this is about Harold and Kumar. We watched one. Now we're on to two. As we sure we, are. As we do. And, uh, what would you ask me? He asked me a question. I t- touched my phone and it made noise. I'm sorry. Okay. What is that? It's it's, a, it's an album. I don't know why it autoplayed. Is that fucking Grateful Dead? It sounds like Grateful Dead, God but it's damn not. It, you're I'm such sorry. A it's addict. James Matthew the Seventh. Oh, wait, what's that mean? James Matthew the Seventh. I've told you so many times to not use your phone on the podcast, and finally you've been come up since. I mean, I don't know. Look. That was pretty fun. It was pretty fun that I touched my phone and made noise. Yeah, that's pretty fun. I touched my phone. Look, I got to talk about this. I was on my dang device. You were. I know. And we talked about so much how good it was in the last movie, Harold Kumar, Go to White Castle. There's only one real device. And in this uh-huh. movie, too, interestingly enough, four years later, yeah, 2008, there's basically only one device. And entertainingly, it's a tablet with a stylus. Yes, with a very bad OS. But I mean, how old? When did you get your first cell phone? Actually, 2008. Yeah, I was a senior exactly. in high school. Yeah. And my, my, I remember my dad and my brother actually burst into the class I was in. And they were like, we all got cell phones. Wait, what? It was a thing where they, they burst they, into. They burst. Into I was your... in theater class in high school, okay. and they were like, you know, it was you know, it's like a family plan thing, which at the time was this very novel idea, where it's like we're all going to get cell phones. Mm. You know? Yeah. So I remember they were like, we got cell phones, and I was given my first cell phone. But it was a flip phone. I mean, absolutely, it's a flip. Yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. So when would you get your first smartphone? First smartphone? That's a great question. Um, I don't think it is, but well, let's just answer. It's fine. I had a fake BlackBerry for a minute. Just one of those, like it had a big keypad and a big screen. But yeah, it was those not... are dumb phones. I, I even mean, Blackberries are dumb phones. I, I don't think they're that bad. Yeah, 
<laughs> Woo! Put that one on the books. Didn't even peek. Look at that. <laughs> You're such a I'm good. I'm a Mike Master, so baby. I know. I'm a, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Rob Cordry of <laughs> podcasting, which is to say intense but likable. My first uh, smartphone was an iPhone 5. Okay. You're more of the, the tech whiz here. I barely remember the name of any of the phones. So here's, that, here's my had. take. On phones? When I was a kid, I really hated being embarrassed. That's everyone. Okay. I really hated remember being Remember when Harold Kumar escaped in Guantanamo Bay when uh, Kumar's ex-girlfriend turned lover again? She doesn't want to be embarrassed. He mm-hmm. embarrasses himself with nerdy poem. Yeah. Like in, the, like in the movie. Yeah. And uh, like cell phones were... I thought even from high school, like they were really awful. And maybe it's just because I didn't want to wait for my parents to talk to me anymore more than they already did. It's kind of like how when Harold and Kumar escaped from Guantanamo Bay, there's a lot of stuff about George W. Bush and his father. And through Kumar's experience with his father, it helps W. communicate with his father, George Bush Sr., who uh, groped people while in a wheelchair. And uh, so I didn't want a cell phone. Um, And then... When I moved to Boston, I finally got a cell phone because, you know, you're not getting a landline in Boston. No, it's true. Famously, the, the ground in Boston, impermeable. Yeah. You, you yell into that earth, you get nothing back. Can't get anything. No, you wanted a cell phone like how in Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay, they call their Jewish friends and that, inadvert- that, that leads the, the Homeland Security to track them because they called their Jewish friends who then are pulled into question by Rob Corddry and he uh, dumps a lot of pennies on a table in front of them. It's honestly an amazing joke. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, Jews love money. Yeah. Uh, it so made me anxious watching that. I wanted to, to clean up the money. Just, I'm you not wanted joking. to dive through the screen and grab... I think they were quarters. I think you're right. They I think were, they were quarters. They we were had a pennies. disagreement with my beautiful girlfriend, Allison, who said they were pennies. I think there were some pennies in there, but like, look, I've been, I pick up change right and left. This is one Jewish stereotype that I actually am fine with. If I, I see a quarter, I will pick it up. Of course. If I see a, a dime, I'll I mean, pick it up. I'll do that. Nickel, it's, I don't know. Depends on the day. Penny passed. I, you want to know my theory? What's that? It all counts. Well, if it's, if, it, if it wasn't mine before and it can be mine now, I'll take it. Yeah, that's just not for coins. Right. Hey, yeah. a, win, a win is a win is a win. Anything. Location, location, location. Yeah. So I got my first cell phone when I moved to Boston in two thousand and five. I was a Motorola flip phone. Uh-huh. And then went th- I went through a series of Sony Ericsson slider phones. I was big into the slider phone. Well, I can see you being the kind of Matrix nerd who wanted a Matrixy phone. Because those phones slide. Yeah, but I actually, my dad wouldn't let me see the Matrix. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, it had, you know, uh, probably drugs and black people. and. Well, I mean, Keanu Reeves is a mixed heritage. I know that, you know, yeah. the miscegenation is a big issue in your family. Yeah, and all the yeah. all the heroes in that movie are people of color it's true tank yeah. and the all the bad guys are white so cypher dad didn't really like it i like steak i don't care if it's real yeah i want to eat steak uh yeah so uh i i wasn't but later after having seen the matrix and like not uh yeah maybe no, maybe i did see that in high school it was one of the first dvds i ever bought it's a D- dvd ripper is this story like does it's just you just recounting phones you've had. You're a fucking awful person. No, this is good shit. This is really bad. So anyway, uh, holy shit, there's more. So I had a girlfriend back in 2008. Okay. So this is when the movie came out. This is why I'm telling you this story. Minute nine. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, she really wanted an iPhone three. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck you want an iPhone for? It's so expensive. And what are you going to do with that? And she just like really wanted an iPhone. She actually ended up working for Apple later. That's Fix. that's a different Plant. story. Uh, so I ended, I was like, fuck that. I want an iPhone. That's dumb. You're wasting your money. And it really took me, I just kept getting lost and I was using paper maps while driving. I was like, wait, can I, set, can I set the scene? You yeah. know, it's 2000, what, what year is it? Three, four? Well, which one? When you're talking, wherever you are right now. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad you've been keeping up. I'm in now in uh, 2008, 2009. And you're like, you ever heard this, uh, Steve Jobs guy? She's like, yeah, he's, uh, pretty good at making phones. You're like, Steve Jobs, phones. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Okay, cool. Great. Just wanted to send the scene for listeners. Remember in Turtles when the scientist was like, Albert Einstein, <laughs> Thomas Edison, Steve, Steve Jobs, Jobs. the greatest scientist the world has ever known. <laughs> hey, what if the computers, you couldn't open them? Can't open them. They're smooth. I'm Steve Jobs. <laughs> So anyway, I went. Uh, I finally got one because I didn't want to get lost anymore. 
But that was like 2010. My, my point of the story is that like, I feel like most- but Aren't you even more lost in cyberspace? Because you're on your damn device. Whoa. Social media, Whoa. I call it, shut up, anti-social media. Yes. Because it's supposed to bring us together. Guess what? Collusion how, with the Russians. Exactly. How am I Separate spoke? us. Putin kissed Trump. How am I supposed to tell the difference between my uncle and a Russian bot? It's honestly, I've met your uncle. I really could have been a Russian bot. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I meant that in real life. Could have been. IRL. Hello. Hello. My name is Ross. I am from Georgia. No, Charles, not that Georgia. I'm busy in a, meeting and, in a meeting and I can't call. What's your PIN number? Yeah. Well, I'd be like, ah, oh, I'd know my real uncle would never say PIN number because the N is already the number. Exactly. You're a Russian he, he, bot. His respect for acronyms. Yeah. Transcends any loyalty to any country. Yeah. But yes, um, Steve anyway, Jobs. My point phone. is, oh, after yeah, yeah. all that storytelling. What if I could put 10,000 songs in your pocket? Let me give to the uh Is that it is very real that I'm sure most people in 2008 still didn't have a smartphone. So it's cool to watch a movie where my point is this. This is the worst point. Can you imagine a movie in 2019 where people get lost driving from Alabama to Texas and the story that they'd have to come up with why neither of them have their smartphones? It's just like it's true. That's true. You got it. You're right. It's different now than it was then. It's different now. That was a long fucking walk for a shitty fucking reward. But I think people think of the aughts. This is like you're in the back of the room, like, I got something for you, Josh. And I'm like, where are you? I'm like, find your way through the room. And then I I, I like amble through a room. I keep falling over. My shins are black and blue. I'm bleeding out of my nose. And and I find you and you're just in the corner shitting, like taking a squatting (laughs) on the fucking floor and shitting. I got something for you. (laughs) That's what that story was. You're laughing. No, but I feel like this. Like most me. we lose track of, of history. And we think of the aughts as like, oh yeah, everyone had fucking cell phones in 2008. Run! Look, look at the fucking recording and you tell me, how do you think you did with that? Pretty good. How do you think you did with that? You think that's pretty good? Okay. Just want to check to see how You're you felt You're a professional. I'm just a fucking idiot. You just idiot. screamed. Yeah, no shit. I know that. Our what listeners know time? that. Your wonderful sometime. girlfriend Amy knows that. My beautiful girlfriend Allison knows that. Yeah. Speaking of which, yeah, I want to cue Great. a clip here. All right, um, Alison Lerman Gluck uh, is my wonderful girlfriend. Uh, her beauty is transcended only by her brilliance, and her brilliance only by her compassion, and her compassion only by her love of cheese and baths. And she had the uh, good graces of joining us for this cinematic odyssey into the quirky world of Harold and Kumar. Yeah, she, she watched, watched the first one from across the room on a bed, which was very funny to have someone like ghost laughing yeah. from the other side of the credenza. Is that a credenza? No, oh, but that's all right. I wanted to say credenza. That's a nice word. That's a good word. But nice this time word. she actually sat on the couch for the whole duration of Harold and Kumar go to Guantanamo yeah. Bay. And uh, she she's holding out her debut on the podcast for a later episode. But she, I, I wanted to give her a little debrief interview uh, before this episode starts in earnest. Now that we've heard Charles's fascinating fucking odyssey through his cell phone history. Hey, man. There's going to be a Wikipedia. If you haven't like... Self-immolated that. at this point, you'll love this. But people I, I, I love that. People love the phones. People love the phones. They love the phones. And honestly, these millennials love the device. They love the phones. They really do. They love the phones. And I wonder if you know. Look, what if fuck you? If I went and did like a TED talk or a moth, and I just that like, never happened. Told my story about phones. People would eat that shit up like it was cum. People would eat that shit up like it was cum. Sorry, it were cum. I guess in the sense you are right because like. You have to like really like the cum to do that, to be that enthusiastic about the cum. So yes, the few people I think who would have a tolerance for that would enjoy it, mm-hmm. but I hardly think that would constitute the entire audience of a moth radio hour, okay? I can't come on every single person at a moth radio hour. I thought you were just going to come and then they're going to eat the cum. You didn't say you're going to come on everybody. No, I mean... This you're, you're moving the goalposts, okay? Hey, man, I got to strive. Just like the Democrats and this impeachment hearing. Don't get me started. It's going to be the date of the podcast. Oh, things. sorry. I'm sure he's already not impeached because the Senate's never going to vote to impeach him. No, nah, democracy strong and great. Uh, rock flag and eagle, red, white, and blue. Well, Those colors don't run. Anyway, what were you saying about your... I talked to my wonderful, my fantastic girlfriend, Allison, her compassion transcended only by your brilliance. Her brilliance yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, And I asked her for a little debrief on the movie. So we're going to now, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and... And, the, and the, whoever is our... Uh, I'm the engineer and the EP. Co-EP. Um... Is L before H? A, B, B, C, D, F, G, H. Fuck, fuck. (laughs) 
Well, uh, Wait, what about C and J? Age Before Beauty. What about C no, and fuck, J? that's also you. Shit. What about C and J? C and J? Yeah, I mean, you're Charles and Josh. Yeah. I am number two. Yeah. A for fine. C. No. Okay, fine. I'm engineer and co-executive producer. But you're the guy who puts it all together. Sure. You sit down, you're slap happy little fuck world and make mm-hmm. this magic come out of it. I don't even know how it happens. How do you know that? That I have a, a little... Slap sl- happy little fuck world? I got a sign above my desk that says slap happy little fuck world. I've been to your house many times. That's going to be a good sign. We'll make a sticker. Yeah. Honestly, no. I think we should get one of those like, uh, yeah, like a wood carve. Like yeah. a, oh. No, not a broider, like, like a wood carving. I was thinking one of those like sewing... Um, what are those called? Uh, like a, a sampler. Mm, a sampler? Like a chocolate? No, no, no. That, no never mind. The sampler's when you practice sewing. It's not when you finish sewing. Yeah, An yeah, embroidery. No, I don't know. A pillow? You talking a pillow? Yeah, I'm talking about a pillow. A yeah. pillow. Talk about pillow. Talk yeah. about pillow. <laughs> talking about pillow with Josh and Charles. <laughs> so pillow talk, 2K19. Pillows, what's in right now? Uh, embroidery embroidered pillows i don't know i don't like them well, one you're talking about a slip case not a, not a real you're Obviously not talking about the, the pillow, pillow itself no, no, yeah no, no. let me ask you this i threw allison i've been using like the, the, the you mold. threw allison i hurled her across the <laughs> oh fucking room God. she gave she gave me those like they mold they're, they're like the good for your neck they yeah, dip yeah, in the yeah. middle. amy got one of those yeah they're nice yeah they're good stuff what do you think i like them do they make you sleep on your back is that the one that you're talking about no you want to sleep on your side ideally you do i put a pillow between my knees and so i sit on my amy. side yeah. You guys have so much in common. We should really talk more about our sleep style. Yeah. Yeah. We both put up with your fucking shit. Yeah, that was, that was the biggest thing. And we sleep similarly. <laughs> Anyways. I wonder now, if there's yeah. a correlation between that. Mm, the Amy Josh correlation. Like you both put up on my shit and you both have to sleep in very specific ways. Yeah. Allison can't sleep on her back with her knees up and it is a little weird sometimes. So I'll come in at night and I'm like, are you like thinking right now? Wait, she can't sleep at night unless she has her knees up? No, no, not, no, not can't. But sometimes she'll sleep on her back with her knees bent upwards. And she's asleep. And she's asleep. Whoa. <laughs> it's really something to behold. That's cool. It's something. Wow, I'm, that's yeah. like a powerful leg. She's a powerful woman. Yeah. And I respect I that. I know. Speaking of women, um, we're going to go ahead and cue this clip up. Allison wanted to sort of set the record straight on... I just want to say this before we play the clip. <laughs> whenever, we, whenever we fucking get, so, whenever we get together... You, you get so Whenever tense. we get together... Yeah. No, no. I'm not... I'm tense because you make me tense. Because you and Allison know exactly how to push my buttons, and you do it together, and you like cue up. You you just like Dude. create an atmosphere where you're, where you're both like literally giggling about making me anxious, and then do it, and you will think it's so funny. We're lightening the mood. Lightening the mood. Yeah, we're this making, is the opposite. No, we're like, oh, Josh, it doesn't matter, man. We're just kidding. Yeah, after I'm. After you're, you're both like, oh, he gets defensive. Yeah. If it, when you do that, he gets defensive. And I'm like, well, now I'm defensive because you're saying I'm getting defensive. And I'm not defensive. Then I get defensive because it's fucked up. So whatever. What Allison, are you, you going to say? Allison's a fucking traitor. She sided with Charles. <gasps> wow. She should. She, look, you got it. Like, what, what's the old song? Stand by your man. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah, I can see why she sided with me. Yeah, I get it. Anyways, here's Allison Lerman Glock. I talked to her after we watched Hale and Kumar uh, escape from Guantanamo Bay. Right, what did you think about Harold and Kumar 2? Harold and Kumar 2 was a surprisingly good movie. Do you have any criticism of it? I do. Do you want to expound on the criticism? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> um, you know, just it's a it's a movie that I think tackles racism in a post 9-11 USA in a very interesting way, but falls back on some you know, kind of boring tropes that are pretty sexist and homophobic. And I think that's just kind of like, it's a shame, I think, because I think it actually is a movie that has a lot going for it and is really, really interesting. Did you do a favorite joke from it? Yeah, I just, I loved the the white, the older white woman on the plane freaking out and imagining Kumar as a terrorist. That was very, very funny. Would you watch the third movie? Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would watch the third movie, yeah. Do you want to say anything to our listening audience? To our listening audience, um, I just want you to know that I have okayed Charles to stand up for women in this episode. <laughs> um, so if you hear Charles standing up against sexism, just know a real-life woman has given Charles permission to do so. Um, that's really beautiful. As someone who sees a lot of behind the scenes of the production of the podcast, is there anything you want to share with the listeners? I want you to know that the arguments that happen on this podcast 
do trickle into their real life relationships and they'll get through it but you know it's touch and go sometimes and it can get it can get a little heated but they love each other very much and um you know i love josh but i will always side with charles thank you <laughs> and we're back so yes um uh you heard it here charles is the defender of women now i don't know why i was chosen i mean i guess between the two of us I know why. Oh, yeah. Why? You go into it? I mean, I feel like you're saying you. I can defend women, too. <sighs> you can. Thank you. But it you were comes, selected. It just so. more naturally to me. Well, you have to do all this homework and studying. and My research on women has yielded. That was my best one yet. Yeah, I'm happy we got it on tape. Wow. That yeah. was really good. I'm very proud of you. I'm not even going to try it again. Banish no, the I mean, thought, I my friend. I think we both. It's a joke. We're just joking around, man. Yeah. It, it, everything's a fucking joke on old Josh, huh? Yeah, I'm an award-winning journalist. Okay, you don't even register. When you die, they'll dump you in a pine box. No, a cardboard box, and they'll throw you into the bay. Into the bay, Boston Bay. The I don't think there is a Boston. The Bay of Boston. That's not a thing. They'll find the nearest bay to Boston, and they'll throw you in that one. Okay, that sounds good to me. They'll throw you in the Mystic River. Feed the fishes. Feed the fishes. I live right across the street from the Mystic River. When I tell you to dump the body in the bay. You dump the body in the bay. Is that Jack Nicholson? That's a really, I'm adapting. It's not good. I didn't say it was good. No one said it was good. That's all right. I got yeah. it. I Speaking got of it. no one said it was good. Mostly through context. Well, context clues are. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I'm pretty good at them. I, I think I, we haven't, we didn't talk because I think that's what we do. We watch the movie and then we just sit in silence while we drive back here. We haven't talked. I know that you, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you agree with our critique of it. You just seem to have a. The last one, you got a little bit like hung up on me critiquing the movie. I didn't. You told me I was getting hung up before you started. You said I was hung up on it. It's not fair. Oh, come on. Fine. Whatever. I'm just saying you like this movie does. Let's, let's get on the same page. Okay, fine. You know what? We're doing this together. We sure are. We watch the movies together. We watch the movies together. This is the 2008 sequel to Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Yeah. Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. We... We 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 know like the, what it does well, it does well. What it does poorly, it does very poorly. And I think what's interesting is that we were like sort of saying, well, maybe it's a product of the time, 2004. It's 2008, probably still a product of the time because as we just recounted, it was actually a long time ago where not everyone had a cell phone, you know, or a smartphone. Oh, yeah. There's a thrilling fucking story that led us to yeah, that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Thank so I'm you, just thank saying, you like, again for that. This was a long time. It was, was fucking 10 years ago. Yeah. So, uh, but there's still things that they didn't do right. And... Uh, I think Allison really just was saying she was joking around wants to make you feel a little bit. Hmm? It's, I'm, I didn't make the movie. Oh, I don't on. care. Yeah, I know you don't care. It's fine. I don't care. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry. do that. Stop doing just, that. It's all right. Jesus Christ. Just, everything's great. This is fucked up. I, yeah, you're smiling. <laughs> Shit-eating grin. You motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to shit on mm. your floor. Oh, it's fine, Josh. It's fine. It's great. <laughs> Best part of this movie, anytime anyone got hit in the stomach, they farted. <laughs> That's what yeah. makes this magical. There was, there were, uh, that's the scene where the second one happens was like so unnerving for me. I really didn't like most of the end of this movie. And that was a brief respite of joy where I was like, oh good, this is happening now. I um, mean, yeah, let's talk about, let's, let's talk, let's just like go in what we liked, where it started. Okay. Because what I did think was interesting was like, it's four years later and uh, IRL. I, fuck, am I a Russian bot? I just said in IRL. Which stands for in real life. No one else cares. In in real life? You're the only... It's fine. Just go with Am it. Am I a Russian bot, Josh? Honestly, you're a bot of some sort and you're malfunctioning. Reap, reap, reap. Anyway, it's, it's four years later. They... they uh, w is still in office. W is still in office. But, but the movie takes place perhaps minutes after the end of the first <laughs> That's one. That's true. It's, and that was fun. I love that. I love that. We watched this movie. We watched the first one. We As we've said many times, we watched the first one. We watched the second one. What we don't always say is we watch them basically all at once. And it yeah. was really fun to be like, oh, wait, this is 2008, but literally he's still got the cut on his head. Everything's the same. I love that. I love that bit of, it's fun. A bit of a wink to the old audience. Um, okay, so we, we've, I think we've alluded to this. This is a deeply uneven movie. And I'm not, you know, I, I don't, I would say I like this as much as the first one in the sense that when I laughed, I laughed really hard. Yeah. And the stuff that hits, hits really hard. And again, I think, the fact that this movie engages so refreshingly with issues of race and like 
if cops and bros are the like agents of white racist imperial America in the first movie, this expands the lens to the wonderful Rob Corddry as the head of the Department of Homeland Security, who's the like nightmarish racist monster who like plays into every conceivable racial stereotype. And I think that was refreshing where it's sort of like the like buffoonery of white racism again is like the main character in this as far as the like enemy. Mm. And again, I feel like it's rare in the like mainstream comedy paradigm where like it's that aggressive where it's like this country's being run by huge pieces of shit who are massive racists who are incompetent. And, like, and, like it seems pat to look back in that era and see this movie as like a, it's like a fucking fart and weed movie. But like, I like that it, it's, it's punching up. I like that, you know, it, it finds a way to tell racist jokes in a way where the joke teller is the butt of the joke in a way that's, I like that. It's funny. Yeah, absolutely. I think, it's to use a parlance of our time, mm. particularly woke in certain ways. And it carries over. I think the first, so for me, I think this is a much funnier movie than the first one. Mm. I liked bits from the first one. I laughed at a couple of moments, but it wasn't, a, I, I didn't really laugh that much. It wasn't something that really got me thinking it was very funny. This has a lot of times where I was like, really like, yeah, every 10 minutes. You're I was talking laughing. about lolling. Sure. Oh, that another parlance of the time. Lolling. Laughing out louding. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I mean I think I think it really like it it works on racial stereotypes and it does things that I think still like wouldn't be done today. And I think it's okay. Like this movie in a lot of ways was much more self aware and I think they gave it a little more freedom to do stuff like show KKK meetings and have two white guys talk to Americans and be like, they're talking some crazy language. And just that was like, great. That's, yeah, that scene like, is amazing. And I think because that stuff was so much more focused, where the fir- we talked last week, where like the first movie is a little more scattered and like you definitely get that it's a movie about race, but they have so much like homophobia stuff and like sort of sexist stuff. And it even the race stuff was like a little more scattered. This is so honed in being like, Hey guys, we want to make sure we're all on the same page here. We don't like racism. And it's like, here's stuff that's happening right now in this country. So it really could do a lot more and get away with it. And it really worked. It's interesting you say that. I Structurally, my big concern was that this is so much less directed. Like the plot itself, there's a few points where I was like, what the fuck? What happens now? And they sort of like put together as they go in a way where the singular mission of the first movie, I think is a better organizer Mm. plot wise, but I think you're right. I think the bits they do like hit really hard. Yeah. I don't know. I agree with you. I agree with you, my friend. I wasn't talking plot. I agree with the plot of the first one is perfect. Yeah. Like I love that when a movie is like very simple, like all they need to do is get to white castle and it takes an hour and a half to get there. And that's like, for me, a really fun movie. This, the plot was ridiculous and I sort of liked it. But for me, like my point was, that one seemed a little more confused about what it was trying to say, even though I knew like the scene where they go to jail and they talk to uh, bebop about, you know, race problems. Like that was a very specific scene that was like, Oh yeah, fuck. Yeah. This is what this movie's trying to tell me. And then other times it was like, had a really inappropriate uh, homophobic joke. And I was like, well, I don't know what the fuck is going on. So like this one was like everything that was working was so like, it was a much more, it almost felt like, uh, a, what's the wet hot American summer guys sort of style of humor where it's just like well Wayne and Showalter yeah just like yeah. punching you in the face with shit until yeah. it's like yeah we get it and this is funny yeah yeah it's uh you know here's the thing I'm gonna get to this early I am not saying when will it end I genuinely like this as a as a as a vehicle of Wait, joke is delivery it that time of the podcast? no I told you I'm jumping ahead of I'm not a fucking robot I'm an American with freedom and choice oh my, my choice is to be just like oh no you, you always have to say it's that oh you pants so pee so oh, pee your little pants so pee your little pants so pee did you just get kicked in the balls right in the old friggin nuts <laughs> That's funny. It only happened twice. And it only happened funny. twice, but it was so good. Um, <laughs> I really like added to this. The, 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 look, this movie has a very faulty, weird ending that is the essence of convenience and just kind of runs out of steam, which is a bummer. But I think up until that point, I like the joke delivery system. I like the tone of most of the jokes. I like mm-hmm. the targets that they tend to pick. Again, 
the retreaded homophobic stuff and the lazy depiction of women sucks and there's no excusing any of that. But again, I guess, it's, again, in, in this realm of like mainstream comedy, there aren't a lot of movies like this series. So again, it's, I guess it feels like low praise <laughs> to put it like that. But like, I don't know. I, I guess like the fact that these were successful at all feels kind of special in a landscape that was so dire at that time. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting if we'd done any sort of homework to see like what else was coming out that year. Uh, but I do. do you actually, yeah. Would you want to use your device to see what else was happening in 2008? <laughs> Let me ask you this. While I look this up, um, uh, oh, it's a crazy year. When I tell you the movies, you're going to be like, oh, it was that year. Yeah. But let me ask you this. Neil Patrick Harris return. I, I thought it was great. Okay. Yeah, he was bad. It's fucking amazing. He was even better this this. It was movie. so good. It was good. It's like, I think because all I, I, I knew, hope she kept the baby. That's one of the funniest lines <sighs> in the movie. That was great so fucking line. good. I think uh, for me, like, I, I'd really only known that these movies had Neil Patrick Harris as Neil Patrick Harris. And like the posters for it had the unicorn. And like, especially seeing the first one where he's pretty bland. He's great in the first one. You're a dingus. I'm not a dingus. You are. Fuck my friend. You, man. A dingus. Wow. You're my, you my friend, a dingus? You my friend, a dingus. You my friend, a dingus. You my friend, semicolon, a dingus. You, use, comma, my friend, a dingus. I'd use a colon. Because a semicolon is really separating two independent okay, clauses. Wait, okay, 2008. Uh, we got a little movie called The Dark Knight. Why yeah, so gonna serious? I was going to say that. I was going to say that. I knew that was 2008. Why so serious? Let me see if I can guess any others. There's one that, I mean, you absolutely must be able to guess. It's 2008. Think about 2008. Think about what happened last year. Just think about the last decade of film. Oh, yeah, it was Iron Man. Iron Man 2008, directed yeah. by the great... Uh, Dave... No, not Dave, but Favreau. Johnny John Favreau. Yeah. Also this year, Pixar movie. Pixar, Pixar? movie in space. Wally? Wally 2008. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, Cloverfield came out that year. Oh, that is that is one of my favorite movies. I don't think I ever want to do the franchise for this podcast, but... We liked uh, 14 Cloverfield Lane or whatever. That was good. It was okay. I had some... I remember I was like... If... I guess, was so stupid. We did it, but I was like... You man, bitched if, about If what's-his-name wasn't uh, in yeah. it, this movie would have sucked. And you're like, that's what movies are. I was like, yeah, right, you're right. I was I right. You no. can't imagine another movie. There's only the one movie. I know, but... What's the, my, what is the point, point of the exercise of that? that the movie sucked and it was only... Buoyed. Okay, all right, fine. Buoyed. Tropic Thunder, Slumdog Millionaire, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Wanted, the bullet bending movie oh, that fuck, I yeah. only remember bullet spending. And I love that Okay. Because <laughs> I also only remember bullet spending. Revolutionary Road. I've never seen that one. Yeah, Sam Mendy, yeah, Step not... Brothers. Interesting. Uh, a movie beloved to many, I doubt by you. Yep. Uh, Gran <laughs> Torino, a legitimately awful movie yep. that is weirdly... I, people seem to like that movie. It's interesting because that's a movie about race that sucks. It's appalling. It's a disaster. It's like it's it's this like proto maga shit where it's like I tells it like it is. I hate everybody, but I ain't mean. Or it's just fucked up. Yeah. I hate it. It's so it bad. Sucks. That movie's so fucking. He's bad. so terrible. In he it too. sucks. Clint Eastwood should also be. He's on the fuck off list, and he should also be shot. Yeah, sure. Though you know, hey, Richard Jewell, I'm getting tickets to the opening night. <laughs> Why? Because it's a story about a, 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 a an American hero who is treated poorly by the media. Read you Jews. I, I meant you're just an award winning. I'm journalist. a Jewish journalist. Okay, you'll everyone will remember this. A little movie called The Spiderwick Chronicles. The whole nation got wick fever. <laughs> I sure did. We all took a trip to Spider Town. Wow. Uh, a little movie called Twilight came out in 2008. Uh, Have you ever uh, heard of that? They're vampires, but they're hot. Mm, yum. Did P- PTA make anything in 2008? Vicky Cristina Barcelona, Hancock. I say Hancock in theaters. Ooh, you Quantum did. of Solace. Yikes. Ugh. I'll burn after reading. I, I love that movie more and more as I get older. It's really good. I watched it on a couch while I was sick. And it a was memoir. Great. A memoir. Really great. The, the last scene is fucking perfect. So, I, I mean, you're right. I think... That's actually another movie that's sort of a, a corollary to this film. Yeah. And it's like a scathing critique of like the complete ignorance of government and its inability to actually marshal information into meaning. So, yeah. So, I think uh, we are finding that comedies aren't like this. I I think you're right. that and I mean, honestly, though, I, I'm not an expert in this. I haven't seen any of these dumb comedies. Yeah. Like, so I have no idea. Maybe all dumb comedies are really at heart like, oh, men suck. Oh, rich people suck. Okay, oh. but like you didn't smoke weed in high school. Yeah. And this is the kind of thing that like the excuse to smoke weed would be that, oh, I have a DVD of whatever, of this Let's genre of film. It. Let's just throw it on. This is why Grandma's Boy, despite being legitimately, I think, a pretty bad movie. Grandma's Boy? 
You never. That? Re- oh my god! You. This is why people despise you. <laughs> no one despises me. Listeners, everyone nodding at home. I'm with you. Wow. I'm with Allison, you. Allison, stop nodding. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah, you miss this whole genre, really. Sorry, 2008 is kind of a crazy year. Can we All right, go back keep to going. Okay. Jesus, this is nuts. Chronicles of Narnia. Bad. Let the right one in. Ugh. Mama Mia, The Happening. Oh, Indiana Jones, The King of the Crystal Skull. Oh, legit shit. one of the most, a movie we will certainly be covering. You think so? Yes, because here's my hot take. Indiana Jones 1, it's not very good. I would say the only good one is 3. 3, three is all, transcendent. All the rest are equally bad, including the fourth one. Well, the fourth one is particularly like but numbing. It, I would bad. say it is as bad as number 1 and number 2. I think one has enough. It's like Jaws to me where it's like there's enough things going on in it that are iconic where I'm like, I understand this con- the contribution to the form. And by the time you get to four, you're like, this is absolutely like nothing in this matters. Like none of this matters. You know what? My dog takes a perfect shit every now and again. I do not do much other than marvel at the contribution to form. Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Yeah. I have not seen this in a long time, but I have to tell you, since The Shape of Water, I am deeply concerned that every movie that that fucking idiot has made is as trash as that. It's weird that it... That movie is what he's never made a good movie. He's a trash master and he sucks. What's the one though? You should also get the shot. one everyone Pandora's box. It sucks. Pan's Labyrinth. It. I need to. Sucks. I need to rewatch it. Obviously, Dude, it's beloved it's like to many. Literally, a, it's so we can compare this to Jojo Rabbit. Let's compare okay. it to oh, Jojo great. Rabbit, a movie about childhood. Yeah. What's the idiot's name? Who's the guy that oh, made Shape of Guillermo Water? Guillermo del Toro. Okay, Guillermo del Toro. What he does is like, huh, I make a movie about a kid. What if I made it? dumb as a kid where like bad guys are pure bad guys and you know like we'll, we'll just make this nazi creep or i wasn't even about nazis no he's a fascist yeah he's franco's just, goons he's a fascist and like rather than make it be an interesting character he just becomes fascist it's a fairy tale for kids about it's kind of like how in harold and kumar escape from guantanamo bay they befriend w uh, we need to talk about this okay <laughs> we'll put a pin i wanted in there. to put a pin on that sure but then you have Jojo Rabbit, which is also about being a kid and growing up. There's so many good coming-of-age stories. During wartime, I think it's an important... Yeah. Right? Yeah. And rather than... Ha- like, it's slightly satirical, and ultimately it's really beautiful, and it's a movie for adults. About yeah. It's like a very adult movie about being a kid that adults can watch. Like, fuck, that's like... And then you have Sam Rockwell's character, who isn't a good guy by any stretch of the imagination, but has like enough empathy to be a character that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a very complicated movie. It's perfect. If your argument is that Guillermo del Toro is bad at making movies, I will take it. I sign off on that. I think All The Shape right. of Water cannot no no amount of talking can underscore how terrible that movie is. Last thing I'm going to say, uh, The Wrestler came out in 2008, and that mm. is the only good movie Darren Aronofsky has ever made. Wow. So I haven't seen Noah, which people yeah, some people tell either. me is a lot of fun. Noah. I would love to watch Noah. I just totally disagree with you on that. I think Russell Crowe as Noah sounds <laughs> magical. <laughs> What if I was large as Noah? A large man. He loves being large. A large man is Noah. Noah is a large man. I love that he is like, most actors, like like Leo is like at a brief dad bod phase, but he just like never really talked. Like, I feel like Russell Crowe just like embraces being large and just loves being large. It's so wonderful. I think him and Christian Bale must get together to trade notes on this experience. I, I haven't lost- even seen Dick, but I, I just, I, I, I have low expectations for it, but I do love the idea of... Uh, just I think Joaquin Phoenix would go in there. Well, you know, he, I, we talked about this, I think, but one of the rumors about Joker is that initially he wanted yeah, to get I, really fat for it, and uh, Philip was like, "What if you were real thin again?" And I'm like, "No, sh- fat Joker." He's like, "I've done thin. I want to be big." Fat Joaquin sounds awesome. I We've mean, seen husky Joaquin, but I want yeah, fat Joaquin. No, husky's real husky. Yeah. In, uh, in, uh, you that works right. never truly here. Yeah, and it's amazing. He's yeah. got such a good body. Well, what's your Aronofsky pick? I, I, what do you like by Darren? I love all of his movies. Oh, that's crazy. Except for the mother. Mother sucked. But like, I think Pie is fucking amazing. Yeah. Reckon for Dream. I like know that by the, by heart. I, I hate that movie. I love it. It's trash. Uh, I think The Fountain is beautiful. I want to revisit The Fountain. It's so good. It's about like just death and being accepted. Well, for me, it's more like as a Jack maniac, as a jackhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a huge Jack man. You're a huge... I'm a huge jack man. Who you jack off a lot? No. Well, yeah, it's not a small amount. But I'm a huge jack man. Yeah. You, could you cover the entirety of a, a moth recording? No. Again, this goes back to my one criticism of The Lighthouse. Yeah, too much. The robustness of Defoe's load is staggering. How many days do you think it would take to cover the entire audience of a moth? Probably like a if month. If I laid off my hog for a little bit? 
No, I'm just saying like you have to replenish. You could do one at a time. You're describing a situation I never wanted to pursue. Sorry, this is me. Uh, probably a month. Okay, great. Well, we covered that ground. Cool. Okay, let's go back to the movie at hand. All right, let's talk about George W. Bush. <laughs> let's. Let me ask you this. I got I'm some sorry. problems with this movie. This is one of them. Have this you actually? Did you see W, the Oliver Stone movie W? No. I saw that in theaters. <laughs> I have not seen it since. It's a question mark in my mind that it's been there for a very long time. Because as I recall from like a really vitriolic dude, I don't remember it being that condemning at the end of the day. I remember it being right. like... Of like I just like as a young person, I was like, "Oh boy!" Who played W? Josh Brolin. Oh yeah, that's right. It's Josh Brolin. Um, Is that in black and white? It's not in black and okay. white. Okay, uh, but it's like it's a movie where, I, as a young person who grew up obviously in the shadow of the Bush years, nine eleven, and the wars, I, I was like kind of excited for this like really excoriating a take on the president, and it wasn't. And I haven't seen it since. But like we're watching a movie that, you know, of course, features another breathtaking representation of W uh, as a stunted man child. So here's the thing. I both loved and hated this whole sequence. I loved it because it's hilarious. So to make a very long story short, in their long journey to escape the misfortune that placed them in Guantanamo Bay, they end up paradropping into the home of George W. Bush, who is a prolific marijuana smoker, we learn, and is, mm. doesn't like Dick, Dick Cheney. He mean. Yeah. Off camera. We don't, I like it's not, that. I wish it was Christian Bale. That was hilarious that he ran away because he's scared of Dick Cheney. That, yeah, that's funny. That's a funny joke. A lot of funny jokes during that scene. It's funny just to see someone that's like, doesn't really look like W, doesn't really sound like W, but like does an okay job that you're like, oh, this is not W, but... Well, okay, we were talking about how Will Ferrell wasn't in the first movie, yeah. and they could have like put in a Ferrell-esque like, cameo as W. Mm-hmm. Certainly, this was the bread and butter of Will Ferrell circa 2008, no sure. question. So I thought it was interesting that they went with like basically a pretty bad... Yeah, you could like see the makeup on it's his face. It's pretty funny. I think it was I, on I purpose. Yeah. yeah, it was really fun. It was shitty. You know, like the good things are. I think my problem with this movie is this is like where the movie starts to try to wrap everything up. And to me, it's very conflicting where on the one hand, it's like a movie about intolerance in this country and the way power works. And then basically we have these two main characters who just profit off of working with this person rather than confronting this person right rather than upending the system they end up benefiting from the same kind of nepotism or relationships right so i sort of liked in like a like i was like oh if tarantino made this they would have just fucking like killed w in his home like that would have been fun if you say this shit out loud it will work its way through the ether to fucking tarantino who will do that yeah don't but it's like you i don't think i mean you say this all the time i don't think you can have your cake and eat it too or you can like have a movie that is constantly like Racism is bad. Racism is bad. And then have like, this is like the fucking, Alan loves this movie probably. Because, oh, there's my friend W. He's just a weed smoking good Texan boy. Yeah. So we walk away from this, like he, he get paroled by the president. They don't tell him to change. He calls his dad and like makes him legalize weed. But like the whole conversation before that was like. That's not what happens. I don't think you understood what happens. You don't, you don't like get you like getting hand jobs. You don't like giving hand jobs. Another homophobic joke. But it's like, so you're a hypocrite. It's like this dumb bullshit where it just like lets W have control and then no one ever sells him that he's an asshole. Yeah, it was a weirdly toothless moment because a moment earlier in the film struck me as very interesting where there, you know, there's the terrorists in Guantanamo, the real terrorists, quote unquote, though, of course, yeah. as we now know from history, Guantanamo is a horrifying human rights abuse where almost none of those people have done anything other than be Muslim or Arab. It's a fucked up thing. But anyways... I mean, they're sort of like, I was like, the tone got weird for a minute where they're like, terrorists are the real cowards. Like, you think killing innocent people is cool? Fuck you. And at first I was like, oh, if they leave on that note, I'll be yeah. like, what the fuck is this? Like this whole like, but then, of course, Cal Penn went to, ended up working for Obama, which is like such a, you know, this, whatever. That's all their conversation. But, the, but then the terrorists say back, if it wasn't for your fucking country, there wouldn't be people like us. And that's that conversation stops. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. They then have to suck. Another man. No, then there's a prison rape joke, which is, you know, not great. But what I'm saying is that, like, they let that hang in the air, which I thought was an oddly bold move for the movie, where, like, they don't end that conversation on, like, terrorists bad. They actually leave it as, like, interesting. Like, again, for 2008, certainly, I think that in a mainstream comedy, that was, like, a surprisingly thorny idea to toy with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I thought that was a really good way to end that. Right. Your your country sucks. It's like the whole thing with Bill Maher, like, the only. The single smart thing Bill Maher ever said about anything was about like how it's braver to commit a, a brazen act of terrorism than it is to just like bomb places from thousands of miles away. And like that's what got him in trouble. 
and like he's the most like fucking transphobic, no, racist, sexist. No, but like not real trouble. He like got he had like I think that show. Oh, really? He got like because it was like it was right after nine eleven. It was like a big deal. And Bill Maher is like a trash idiot. Yeah. And like that was the, the, the like a vaguely accurate thing he said about American foreign policy got him in the most trouble. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess like to see this movie like deal with a complicated idea with that somewhat you know straightforwardly was i was impressed yeah, by it. no me too i was like ooh, i was also worried it's like oh this is this is gonna be bad and then it was, it, yeah it definitely was thoughtful right and then they are forced to suck a man's penis suck a man's penis and then they like make a like Cock meat sandwich yeah yeah and then they, they sort of get away with it by being like i mean they use the f word and they're like you guys are the you're like you're gay. No, hold on. That was the that was. The, I thought that was right. I know. So it's like it's okay. You're doing a terrible job saying the fucking scene. This is who says that. Who says that in what circumstance? Big Bob. Okay, thank you. Do your fucking job. This is this the is... first episode we've ever done. Yeah. Who says that? No, we, our listeners don't know. They haven't seen this movie. They have. There's no universe. If you saw the movie, raise your hand. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so so oh, right. the two Jesus. the two self-identified terrorists okay, are forced to you suck do. one prison guard's penis, which they call a cock meat sandwich. Pretty funny stuff. And then they're like, "You get Big Bob," and and they're like, "Oh no, Big Bob!" And Big Bob comes in. He's a big old big old beard, big old belly. He got a big old penis too. And they're and they're like, "We didn't know all the guards here were gay." He's like, "I'm not gay. In fact, it disgusts me that you get, that people like you want to suck my dick. Right. So suck my dick now." I, I thought that was like, I, I know like, that's what I mean. It's I like, like a cake and eat it two moment where they like can. Make a homophobic joke and make then, a homophobic joke. Be yeah. like, oh, but really, we're just like I know, and it's like it's hard to say. Like, does it work? Does it not work? Am I just being like we got to make sure we're not offending people, or is it actually punching up at like people that are actually bad and abusive? Okay, I think let's parse this out. Prison rape jokes, bad. Yeah, I mean, there's only maybe one good prison rape joke ever, and it's uh, Norm Macdonald and Dirty Work. And I think that's. Legitimately, just a funny. I don't scene. know it, but yeah, I'll believe you. I'm not dying on this hill. Yeah, but 99 percent of the time, it's just it's bad, no good, not fun. And this does, yeah, like you said. And so then that's not a great start. And then they like you're all gay, so that's the only reason that you would force someone to have sex with you, which is not a good joke. Yeah. And then he does the whole like self-reflexive homo like homophobes are hypocrite. Like yeah, it's it's a lot of work for a weird payoff. So I don't know. It's a, it's a complicated example of how this movie has one foot in either camp. Yeah. And they do it a lot. Like there's a scene where they're like, he's just like, I love you. And like they, like the FBI guy like calls him bad word. And then, yeah, it's just like, it. that's like the big, there's two big problems with this movie. You really brought that scene to life just now. Okay. When he looked off Here's what happened. Here's what happens. Okay. Well, I just don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it without Say a slur or okay, an expletive great. or the f word i don't know there's a million okay, ways anyway to so allude. He, yeah kumar is like they're having a nice talk about like fuck i fucked up our friendship but i'm here for you i love you and then the guy goes like <clears throat> and then calls him a bad homophobic who's slur. the guy oh sorry the fbi guy yeah the, the fbi guy fbi guy not Jesus good at this God. man not good no it's this. true Gotta the life has left your eyes it's interesting because <sighs> you're making me do something i don't want to do Talk about a movie? Yeah. I just want to talk about the big ideas. Oh, sorry. You're a big picture guy. Yeah. All right. I'll tell you a fine fucking story about me owning cell phones. Honestly, I would love to hear another story about cell phone owners. Hey, I'll tell you a cell phone story. I got one for you. When I went to Israel as part of an exchange program what in year? high school. Give me the year. The year was 2007. Okay. So Right around the time that I got. Hold on. No, I did that wrong. 2007 is the year 2007. <laughs> this is 2007. A year you may recall, a year before the release of Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. I'm right in the picture. And we, uh, everyone in Israel already was using Nokias, like bricks. Everyone had like a brick, a Nokia brick. Mm-hmm. And, and they were like, you should really rent a cell phone while you're here. And I was like, this is the most exotic thing. I've gone to the Holy Land and I'm renting a cell phone. And you can play Snake and Blockman sure. and all these games, like TI-84 games, you know. Yeah. Again, younger kids, they're all on their dang devices. They don't use TI. Is Texas Instruments okay? No, I think they're doing fine because I think I'm pretty sure all algebra classes still make people get 83s. How do they hook up that? How is that possible? I don't know. Like literally anyone with a phone can do all of that. Yes. And yet. it's I do not know. What an amazing scam. You know, I'll ask my mom. Okay. And next week I'll let you know. Thank you. Well, well, stay tuned, (laughs) listeners. Uh, Charles is going to ask his mom. And maybe in the new year, we'll find out the answer to this uh, this pressing question. But yeah, so on, on the Nokia brick, you could do all these games, like a racing game. And I remember being like, I can text, I can send SMSs to people mm. and play a racing game. 
Not at the same time. Well, no, of course not. On the That'd same be device. Absurd. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I yeah, I do I miss the Nokia brick. It is legitimately uh that was a magical piece of technology. And mm. uh, my children will never know the thrill of uh here's the thing. I hated T nine. I despised T nine. Oh, I resisted it for so fuck. long. I never I, I couldn't figure T9. it out. It was the earliest for for our younger listeners, you zoomers out there, okay zoomer. <laughs> it's like a boomer, but for zoomer. What was a zoomer? Uh, I think people younger than us. I don't know. There's new roles. Zoomer? I don't know. Please, please, That's please awful. stop. Please leave me alone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know what like early predictive text was T9. Where yeah, you would like, start I, typing it wasn't a word. Predict- yeah, yeah, you would start typing a word and it would finish the word for you. Uh, no, you just had to hit the number. You had to hit like seven three times to get the letter you wanted and then hit the next button. It wasn't predictive at all. Maybe that's why you're bad at it. I think I never understood it. Yeah, so now that I'm you, hearing it in the cold light, you know, of day, so like when you have a phone that has A B C D E F G H J K L M N O P Q R X to do a B for you. If you wanted B, you'd hit two. B. Oh yeah, yeah. twice. Twice. Yeah. And then if you, so, if you wanted to say something, you just you just have to know how many times to hit it. I got so good at it that I could text and drive. That was like one of the things where I didn't like smartphones because I couldn't text and drive anymore. I do miss the keypad because in I could hold the wheel with one hand and text without looking at the screen with the other. It's a shame you can't still do that. I know. Yeah, I can't let anyone know where I am. But at least now I know where I am. Before wow. I couldn't tell myself where I was. But aren't now, we all lost in a way? You know what yeah. I mean. Uh-huh. Much like Harold and Kumar in Escape from Guantanamo Bay, aren't we all yeah. lost? Uh, I did like that the movie's called Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay, and they literally spend one scene in Guantanamo Bay and immediately escape. They I, spend five minutes and 33 seconds of screen time at Guantanamo Bay. It's great. And it's most great. of it is a very strange scene that was interesting. Mixed feelings there. Hey, let me ask you about this. Yeah. This movie sees not just the return of Neil Patrick Harris, but the wonderful return of the great Chris Maloney. Mm. In the first film, he played Freak Show. Yep. Chris Maloney, the darling from SVU and, of course, Gene from Out American Summer. Mm. He returns in this as a cross-eyed clan member. I Man. found him to be delightful. Even better than the first one. I will or just say as good. Delightful. he uses the hard R in the first sentence of, the, of his appearance in the film, Yeah, which is not my place to say whether or not that is a good thing. It's probably a bad thing. Even in comedy, it's, uh, it's a slap across the face. Right. And much more so to, obviously. I, I think that's sort of where we're getting at is, like, they still have leeway of 2008 to yeah we're making fun of these kkk guys let's make them say terrible shit right it's like is that okay i don't know it's like i don't know i'm i really can't say it makes you feel uncomfortable in 2019 to hear people say those words right and even if the joke is at those people one wonders and you were talking about how in a in a similar contemporary film that you did not enjoy that i have not seen that depiction of clan members oh yeah is somewhat lazy yeah, black clansmen. Right, the idea of like like the the toothless hick as the it's like no people incredibly powerful people from district yeah. attorneys to governors like really the, this was not like some bumpkin activity this was a massive white supremacist yeah. organization that had its tendrils in every aspect of American life for right. a very long time. Yeah. Um, so a production assistant died while making this movie. Wow. Uh, hit by a car. Wow. Or in an auto accident. Doesn't say how. That Carol sucks. Trevino. Yikes. I think it's time Uh to talk again that the one thing this movie did not fix and doubled down on, in my opinion, is... Are you you defending women now? Yes. Okay. okay. Everyone get ready. Allison approved. Charles is now going to defend women. Allison, Charles, please. No, just me. Oh, sorry. Charles, please. I mean, you're probably going to agree with this. Charles. Come on board, man. Please. Uh, this is a dude movie. This is a movie written by two men, about two men, where the w- main women characters, one of them, he doesn't even ask what she wants, and he interrupts her wedding and tells her that she needs to change her life. And the other one this is literally a person he's never talked to, and he crosses the globe, and the first scene of them together is him getting angry that she's talking to another man. Yeah, not great. Not good. Not good. Very bad. It's weird to me that, like... They go so far out of their way to underscore the, like, you know, day-to-day ingrained prejudices in our society, and yet women remain, even 11 years ago, this, like, this blind spot so overwhelming that it can't dig its way out of the basic misogyny that you're talking about. It's pretty appalling. And it sucks that that's how this movie ends. And, like, so to go from the W scene, which I find to be lame and, like, counterproductive, to then move into a wedding sequence, which is... Not like the women's feelings are an afterthought to the entire situation. Yeah, 
And like we know because the boys who wrote this movie made sure that the audience knew that she was unhappy because she can't smoke J's anymore. But Kumar doesn't know that. He sees her happy at the airport. He doesn't look around back to see her looking back and be like, oh man, I missed that. What did he, Thundercock? Thundercock. He calls I, his dick Thundercock. That's in a dream though, to be fair. Right, right, no, but I'm saying like in the airport, she does look back and be like, man, I missed that Thundercock. Yeah. And he doesn't see that. He right. doesn't know. And he just like assumes that right. the, the she'll screenwriters want him let back. him off the hook and yet his behavior does not let himself off the hook. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So And she's like, just like, I do want another, I, I'm not saying when will it end. I'm just hoping that. When will the misogyny end? Thank you. When will the sexism end? Yes. That. Yeah, it's true. It's weird because it seems like it's so easy to stop doing that. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like you could spend five more minutes working on those things and just have not have them be the most, not have the female parts of the film be the most convenient possible punchlines. Yeah, and I think it's important for men to watch these movies and actually, like, if you're a man and you're listening to this podcast. Hey, even you. Especially you, you fucker. Go watch this movie and like actually think about the way women characters are portrayed in this movie. Because if you just watch this movie, you're like, oh, it's a fun movie about race. It's really, it does great work it's like talking about race problems in this country. It sucks. This movie, honestly, it's like really depressing how women are just like, this isn't just like a small problem. This is why like all, I used to not think this way. I really didn't. And it really took a lot of like people telling me things and me, going to Hampshire and meeting other people and doing all this stuff to be like other people's voices are very important, not just because it's like nice to hear other people's stories, but that's how culture is created. And like to think of other people having to like hear only one story, even though there's thousands of versions of a man's story, it's still all told by a man's perspective. And this movie is just like, it's, it's irritating to have to like still have that problem in 2008. Yes. And I will say this, um, it pains me to say it, but even in the scene in the movie where they go to a bottomless party where the camera just pans to shots of yeah, vaginas Jesus for like Christ. four straight minutes while people talk over those shots, even that is not I gotta I gotta be honest with you. I think it's I think it's a little demeaning. You think so? I don't I'm not trying to I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers here. I know, you know, this is an important film to you, but I did feel like the the classic male gaze became the entire the entire film just became that for a minute. I think that was an uncut. It wasn't that was great. like that was probably an unrated like thrown back in scene. They had, they got so much B roll of bottomless women and their vaginas. It was kind of impressive. Where it's like, well, I'm sure that's what they did. They're like, oh, maybe we'll throw in like one shot of a butt. So why don't you just get like why don't you roam the room? Yeah, go capture eight minutes of butt and vagina footage. And we'll just choose like a second. To and put like, in the how movie. long should we use the unrated? Like all of all it. Of Dump it. <laughs> Don't even edit it. There's just production assistants walking around in the background. You can see catering. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and then it like all we're like, are we really not gonna get any fucking male nudity? And then we get some male nudity with a, a big male bush. But joke. it's a fake exactly, it's fake. Yeah, it's cowardly. It's, you gotta show dick. Yeah. Here's the thing. If if you're gonna like, you know, if you're gonna play the nudity game in twenty nineteen, you gotta you must Ewan McGregor is not my favorite actor, but for decades, he's been leading the fight for famous men to just own up to showing their penises in what film. Are you, what are you talking about? Ian McGregor? Yeah, what are you talking he's about? He's been showing dick in, so consistently for decades. Really? Oh, my God. What movies? I mean, Trainspotting, is, I think as early as Trainspotting. I don't remember his dick in Trainspotting. I remember his dick in Trainspotting. After he fucks the high schooler, he wakes yeah. up in her house. Yeah, it's brief. But you see dick. That was like the late 80s. What about Killian Murphy? It wasn't the late 80s. Fucking train spotting? 98, you doofus. It was 98. It was fucking 98. Everything came out in 98. Everything in my life that I love. I I wrote train spotto. Huh. 1996. Six. You went over. I was under prices right rules. You fucking suck. God damn it. It's 96. Dipshit. Well, uh, yeah. Same year as uh, Space Jam, where, again, Michael Jordan famously hangs dead. Hangs dog. Yeah. The whole court. Right. Uh, right. For me, it's Killian Murphy, and Twenty Eight Days Later will always be the like the most, the first time I ever saw, I think saw Dick on screen, and it's just like an, a long overhead shot of him completely naked, which was what two thousand two, two thousand one. Sounds right. 
He's in so many. There's a lot of websites. I searched Ewan McGregor penis movies. Yeah. A lot of results. Oh, good. How many? Um, I'm me. pulling them up. I'm yeah, no, it always right tells now. you. Google tells you how many results you get. No, not all of them. Fuck. Used to. Galore Mag says his dick is huge. No, I don't care. I don't remember that. Yeah, me neither. Huh. Well, it's loading right now. It's loading. It's it's uh, it's, it's that it's, big. The way, yeah. It's just one photo. It's a website. Immigrantsdick.org. It hasn't even finished. It's it. got a .org. It's like tax free. It's tech. Here we go. This is why Ewan McGregor's dick is so famous. Okay. Train Spotting, The Pillow Book, Velvet Goldmine, and Young Adam. He's shown dick in all those movies. For a male, for I think for a, a famous male actor, four movies with dick, that's yeah, a lot. That is a lot. Now, I remember, remember Troy with Brad Pitt. Uh-huh. Everyone said you see Pitt's dick in Troy. You do? You don't. Huh. You don't. You see like a silhouette. I remember my bit at the time was that I felt cheated. I was like, this, you can't market a movie around Brad Pitt's dick. Who wouldn't want to see that? I heard this transcends sexuality. Yeah, Everyone wants true. to see Brad Dick's Brad Dick's pit. <laughs> you even call him Brad Dick now. Brad Dick's pit. Anyways, here's what I'm trying to say. Don't be a coward. Yeah. Show your penis in movies. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And what's his name? Who's the tall guy from Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Oh, Jason Siegel. I mean, yeah. in many ways, you know, I think he's his generation's Ewan McGregor. I'd say they're probably in a similar generation. No, well, I mean, I think Ewan's a little older. Really? Yeah. Okay. He was rocking out with the cock out in the fucking 90s. That's true. And what's his name was in Freaks and Geeks and probably only in his early 20s. Forgetting Sarah Marshall is uh, maybe the last great romantic comedy. I think that movie's <laughs> fucking not great. That's true. What's better after that? Uh, they Came Together came out after that. Right. That's... Calling that a romantic comedy is a little... That's one of my favorite comedies, but it's also like, you know, yeah, you're doing an eyebrow thing. That's that whole movie, eyebrow thing. Yeah. So just like the end of Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay, we don't have a satisfying ending to this one. Yeah, that's all right. I liked it. I laughed really hard. The good parts were great. I loved the clan scenes. I loved uh, Neil Patrick Harris. I hope no one just takes that out of context and just has someone, Josh, be like, I love the clan scenes. That's kind of vague. Yeah, I don't exactly. love the Ku Klux Klan. I think they're very bad people. All right. Just hope no one edits that one so it just gets rid of don't. I love the... <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Um, that being said, so you, you, you alluded to this. You're not saying when it will end. You're no. going to join me in this adventure. I love it. I'm, especially, it is, it's liberating to be in something that it doesn't matter. It's short. Like, I would, though, even not knowing that there's, like, if I was like, there's six of these, if I knew up front there were six of these, I'd still be asking, yeah, not asking when will it end. Right. I'd still be like, all right, I could see how this could be fun for Four more movies. Okay, more importantly, from the structure of these franchises that we watch, A Dip in Two, we've discussed this at great length in the podcast, A Dip in Two is like proven to be a real thing, where you get too comfortable and you make a, a retread that's more about spiking the football. This is not that. No. It's much funnier. It is prone to the same horrible mm-hmm. mistakes of the first film, but that being said, it's not a dip. If anything, it's it has the same relentless misogyny and gay panic, but with bigger laughs. <laughs> I think that was on the poster. Yeah. That was the tagline. Gay jokes, hating women, big laughs. Big laugh, bigger laughs. And you know what? Sign me up, baby. No, so the next one's a Christmas one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, fuck it. Fine, sure, whatever. So this came out, this this episode's, uh should be the Monday after Christmas. So it's not quite timed out, but I sort of like that we're right in the right ballpark here for Christmas time. Hey, I'm Mary Yuletide to you, my goyish friend. Thank you. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you very much. I know that doesn't mean as much to me, right? You? I don't know. I mean, what just like to you. No, I'm sorry. Uh, this is to hey, that. You should be fucking sorry. Christmas is as Charles as Hanukkah is to Josh. I know that I've heard from other Jewish friends that Hanukkah isn't really that important. It's not the most important holiday for you. Oh, Yom Kippur, man, that's a big one. Yeah, but like, I, I, sorry, God, <laughs> and all my friends and family. Yeah, like uh, for us, it's also not very important because no one actually cares about what it's f- like religiously for. But supposedly, it's about birth of a baby or something yeah i don't know um let me just share one on the episode like this i think this is the best joke in the movie what's your name miss tits hemingway why do they call you that because i have huge tits my favorite book is a movable feast
One, two, three, four, five. 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 Dig again. Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. Look, Peter Pettigrew. Look how I'm not doing it. Peter, Peter Pettigrew. Peter, Peter Pettigrew. Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. How See, do you do that? You're, you're going. Yeah. Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. How do you do it? Listen. Okay. I'm, it's, it's about seeing. Listen to this. No, no, listen to I this. I can understand. I see it on the thing. Okay. Just listen. So you do, do it yourself. Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. How do you do it? Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. You pull it back. P. You're going P. P- Peter. Yeah. It's P- Peter. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got an idea. Yeah. Peter. Here we go. One, two, three. All right, I think it's good. Peter Pettigrew.